Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Greenway Outdoors. 20. I'm Kyle. I'm AJ. I'm Ryan. That silence before AJ is just the perfection. <laughs> Jeffrey can't be here with us today, so we Care will bless. miss him. Yeah, we're gonna. He's gonna be live tweeting us anyway. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get plenty of comments, and I'll totally be nice and won't take any cheap shots <laughs> at him while we're gone. Uh, this past weekend was actually a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We went up to Ray uh, Ray's from Hot Shot Outfitters, which is we did the muskrat episode. We've done other episodes with Ray before, but we were up there uh, doing a rabbit hunt, and uh, um, it was just. Honestly, it was just a lot of fun. We got up there super late. It was weirdly fun. I know, on Friday. And then, of course, we stayed up super late. I was watching Ancient Aliens because you guys came up later. Big time. We were, we were late. What? Yeah, like one thirty. Like one. yeah. I woke up at like 1 o'clock right before you guys got there. And I'm on the couch covered in barbecue chips. And I spilled my Coke. And I'm watching my third episode of Ancient Aliens. I'm like, I got to. I gotta get it together. Just I gotta, I gotta get my life together. We gotta early start in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we went and did uh, uh, the the rabbit hunt the next morning, and it was fantastic. Rabbit hunts are really tough to film because not only and hunt and hunt. Yeah, I mean these they're they're in such thick brush and thick briars and things that look a lot like what they look like. That spotting them on a camera is real tough, and spotting them in person is real tough. Mm-hmm. And they're also like pretty sporadic and random so like getting the camera and the gunner both ready to hit them at the same time is is tough it really is because they can go in any direction at any moment you know so you just gotta hope that you're on the path that they're gonna be on and there there is a uh, a short time where i actually i got my limit so i was gonna let ryan uh shoot some as well and because ryan hunts quite a bit too and AJ will never set the camera down. He's got to be filming at all times. But um, yeah, Ryan wanted to uh, um, Ryan wanted to try and shoot one, so we had it on camera, and we had a fiasco of footage that we'll have to show once that episode airs. But Ryan trying to shoot one. But I got to tell you, holding the camera and doing things a little bit differently, like number one, I don't know what I'm doing, but number two, trying to spot those stinkers with your naked eye and then get the camera yeah. and look at it through the screen is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> yeah. Because when you guys look around, it seems to me like you live your life looking through that lens. You have to. Whereas yep. for me, I'm like, I'm like, find it here and then try and find it again. And then by then it's already, I, I did okay though. You said the footage of the one rabbit that came in I had. Yeah. I like I literally just was like here <laughs> like just pointed at it like that like with no rationality whatsoever from but. what I could tell when it when the rabbit ran real close to us it there was a glimpse of it but like you said it's like impossible to spot them on the camera it's so hard and so and even looking at it watching it back on our screens is, is tough so it's it's not until you review the footage it's and, true because you know we, we're looking at a two inch screen you're hoping that you get it and then once you get it on the bigger screen or even the TV, you realize, oh, okay, I did get the shot. It's just right back there in the middle of the screen. Yeah. And you then know. you got to zoom it in and this and that. Yeah. yeah. But AJ's actually, AJ's the, the person in the group that isn't the hunter. But he, I think he may have spotted more rabbits. I was rabbits just going to say that. <laughs> than anybody on the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was it all was probably over. my best. Yeah. You were spotting them. And from what I saw, the clips that I saw, the, the footage that I got, you, you weren't missing them on camera either. So, um, and it was obviously pretty funny banter too. And uh, um, I, I like any episode with dogs. They were adorable. Bunch of little beagles running around. Little beagles. They're cute, though, aren't they? Yeah. They're workhorse. They are workhorses. There is a... Um, the, the way that it actually works is we would, like, set up on a point. I did this last week. I'm going to do it again. 
but I used a piece of paper as a perfect <laughs> example. But essentially, and this actually works for this. <laughs> it's two weeks in a row. Um, you put the you put a set of hunters here, and a set of hunters here on a field, and you've got a rectangle here like this, and you'll release the dogs here, and they'll go in and they'll sniff for the rabbits, and hypothetically, they should push the rabbits so that the rabbits will circle up and around and try and get back to where they started pushing them right past this group of hunters and if they don't see them then it should push past this group of hunters and they should be able to take the shot so it's like swirling around and that's what the dogs do and they get on the scent and they do that and it works like it it works like you, you, you might start, have to wait a little bit, but eventually yeah. I think it, they do end up coming back around. It waits a long time I, well, sometimes. Well, let's face it. Jeffrey had that one group that went past him, was it six or seven times before he, <laughs> we killed that rabbit? Did that rabbit live? Was that close? Did we end up we killing it? I was the Kyle when that one happened. Oh, I did kill it. I killed it. I killed yeah. it. Yeah. He put. He used all our ammo, but I'm the one that ended up getting it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the smartest rabbit <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's it, not smart it, enough to go in his hole, though. Yeah. That's true. So If he has a hole. He's got a hole. He's got to have a hole. They all do. That's where they live. But yeah. he just kept circling and circling. And the dog, maybe the dogs were just doing a good job of keeping him away from it. But he was always about 100 to 200 yards in front of the dogs, which is what you want. So it's like as the dogs get closer and closer and closer, you're like, all right, that's right, they're about 100 yards away now. I should start seeing them. And you start looking around. And then you just – the other thing is, like, you picture a rabbit, like, hopping around. Some of these guys look like they're crawling through stuff, but so fast. Yeah, it's like they're just—they're so fast. They know they're running for their lives. Yeah, and then you're trying to shoot them, and it's—it's not—it's not an easy shot by any stretch of imagination. Yeah, especially with some of the brush that they try to get through. Some right. of your rounds just don't make it through. Sometimes you like shoot at the brush that they're in as they're going into it, and you have to like go over and check them. But I don't think we had anything like that. No, we had some good running shots, and luckily a couple of them sat still for Jeffrey. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, that actually he did was happen, three for three it? in the last part of the day, which was yeah. very surprising. It was good. Ryan, how'd you do, buddy? I, I did great. Um, I would have done better if I wasn't planted on top of a giant <laughs> pile of dry brush and sticks, where when you shoot. You fall backwards out of it. <laughs> that was just so crazy to me. <laughs> that was so awesome. When Ray was you couldn't say, plant your feet in anything? I, well, the way it was is like when you shoot, you have one foot forward a little more and one foot back. Yep. And when you shoot, your weight kind of shifts to the back foot. Well, when that happened, that stick under or log <laughs> underneath oh, okay. that foot just snapped in half, and I go flying backwards out I of was, this pile. I, I thought it was perfectly stable, but then, I mean, he shot— and he missed, and he disappeared. And then Cheyenne had the gun because she was standing next to him. And then she shot, and then she disappeared. And I had the gun and the camera, and I didn't know how all that happened. Yeah, Cheyenne took the gun and shot, and then she fell backwards out of the pile. I'm That's like, insane. I'm like, I'm just standing here. Am I in the best spot? Am mm-hmm. I the jerk that just stood in the good part, <laughs> and everyone else is just flowing around? But it was, it was that was hilarious. But we ended up doing pretty good. Uh, we ended up with eight rabbits, and um, I think that at least five or six of them will be super good quality footage, which is. I'd say that's right. Tough for us to do. We're not a kill shot show anyways, but you have to show the harvest. Otherwise, it's, yeah. you know, it's not quite there. The first topic we have here um, is about basically location and the benefits of where you live and why there's, like, rapid success in certain areas geographically. And, Ryan, you kind of were the head headhunter on this one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so there's this thing called the geographic luck theory. Okay. Interesting. And what it is basically is depending on where you you live on the planet, your country, where it's located, mm-hmm. will determine how successful it will be. 
your life will be? The country. Oh, the country. Okay. So. Yeah, less of an individual, more of like a nation. Okay. Right. So, um, for us, the United States, the reason that we're so successful is mostly because of when we were first starting out, we're really secluded on both sides. Mm-hmm. And we're so far away from everybody else. There's yeah. some. There were some people up in Canada, and there were some people down in Mexico. But no one had an army or a force as strong as ours. And for anyone else to come attack us and try to take this land, they, it was almost impossible to send enough troops in time I see. and get them enough supplies in enough time okay. before they were already shut down. Interesting. So like that was the first part of it. I guess that's what makes Normandy so incredible. Like, we had to all come over on boats, land, and then storm a and beach when there. they had all their footing, and you had to, like, ride in the ships all the way there, get there, get off the ships, and then they're already have they're a already shooting take, and take They're already having their, a full— More than half their fleet out. Yeah, to, in order nuts. to succeed. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so that was part of it. And then this other part is based on the rivers. The way the rivers are in the United States, it works out—it worked out perfectly— so, all, this is the Mississippi water basin or watershed. So, anything that's in blue is what runs to the mini- Mississippi. Okay. Okay. All the water. So it, goes, it can it can get there eventually. Yep. It will. It that's where it goes oh, straight wow. to the Mississippi. All that water. And they were talking about in the top right of the map By up Maine? in. Oh no! Is that that's Pennsylvania, okay. north side of Pennsylvania? There's some states cut out. On, yeah. Up obviously. There. Um. It was easier to take the Ohio—I think that's the Ohio River. That's the very north side of the Ohio River to the Mississippi, down to New Orleans, and out to the ocean, and back up to New York. Oh, wow. On the coast. you could do it. So that was the easier way than taking it over land. Oh, wow. Which is like 330 miles. (laughs) Which is—isn't that—I just thought that was wild. In order to to get things back, instead of— they would, it was easier to take it through the waterways through the entire country, or at least the first half, come back around than it would be to take it by land. Yep, that wow. 330 miles. And so th- that was just a part of it is that our, the way our water system works, this giant watershed made it perfect to get things delivered quickly in the way the Mississippi just comes right out into the ocean, right. then you can deliver things to the entire East Coast. From a, from a military standpoint or just supplies? Anything. Anything. De- delivering wood to the East Coast or whatever it might be. And um, another, the other one was our soil. The, the soil that we have is so much more fertile than other places of the world that we were able to make food at an insane rate. And we were able to have different co- crops in the so- south than up north yeah. because of the weather difference. And that made a big difference for, like, tobacco. So our country made a lot of money that way. And because we were able to do crops year-round in the south— we were able to sell it to other countries and make a lot of money that oh. way. So, that, so, so from we were good to go from the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. from a successful standpoint, from a military standpoint, is we're real hard to invade. Yep. And then from a um, uh, e-commerce or um, I guess not e-commerce, but com- yeah, not e-commerce, <laughs> yeah. but a com- web store. Com- yeah, the web store that they use, <laughs> the pilgrims. No, a commerce standpoint. As far as the economics go, it was easy to move goods from all over the place because yep. of the way the watershed set up. Wow. And then we have better soil. Do you think we have better soil because there was less people here over, like, considering we're a somewhat new nation in comparison to, like, 
see, everyone lived in Europe, and it was so overpopulated for so long. Do you think that has anything to do with it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It could just be the way things work. But. I, I don't think so. I think it was just the way things worked. Um, that by that time, I think farmers had already knew that you have to give your you have to rotate your crops and okay. or give the fields a break. Imagine so, knowing, memorizing all those waterways and knowing that if you're on this river, it goes to here, which can go to there. Which it, yeah, they drew the, they drew a lot of their pictures. That's pretty insane. That isn't that is a neat setup for how we were. You know, it's how like the that helped of the us country. get a foot, yeah, it helped us get a foothold yeah. quicker. And the other one was um, our ability to farm large mammals here in the United States. So, like, that was another food thing and resource is that just the way the United States is, it's perfect for farming large amounts of large mammals. How so? We have big fields all the way out on the in the plains that you can just let whatever roam and even here in Michigan Michigan was like Michigan and northern Ohio is really where it started I guess the big farming when the country was getting started right so and there's other places of the world like um, the example they used in the uh, video I was watching about geographic luck is that in Papua New Guinea their crops you can't you have to plant one by one it's like a root that you have to, like, that's mainly what they eat is just this one root. Yeah, it's the one that if you eat it wrong, it kills you, right? No, it's not that. Which one is that? That's in South America you're okay. thinking of. Okay, It might be there, but I, I forget what this plant's called. Isn't it like a potato? It's it's kind of like that a little bit. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But um, they, they have that plus a couple other things to eat, and there's no large mammals on the islands. So they don't really have right. access to large mammals or, or large amounts okay. of meat, so it's all like— weird little things like birds or small mammals and stuff like that and they think that's part of it's an island which makes it hard to make successful already sure and the fact that it doesn't have a lot of natural resources or you can't bring natural resources in and plant them easily or grow them easily is part of the reason why it's not successful like the united states is where we have everything you can think like we have every we have deserts we have The northern habitat, the southern, we have like tropical. Yeah, Yeah. we have every ecosystem you can think of. It's true. When you combine the whole country, definitely. Yeah. But it's hard to not think of the country as divided, not politically or all the BS that that comes with that. I just mean like like you said, we've got the people that are in Alaska live such a different life than the people in California that live such a different life life than the people in Utah that live such a different life than the people in Maine and then Florida and Texas. And it's just interesting to me the spread out. But that's uh, that was something uh, Hawaii is the reason why there's pigs there is they were brought in mm-hmm. by people and then released. And that's why there's so many wild pigs there. Oh, really? It's a big food source. Now, of course, you always say like pigs are overrun and there's too many of them and they're eating everything. But at the time, there was a great meat source and a yeah. fast reproducing one at that. That's so true. it like, made sense at the time. Plus, they're like not thinking long term at that point. They're like, <laughs> I want bacon with breakfast. Yep. But that's another interesting point, too. Speaking of like survivability and all those different word, I think so. I think survivability (laughs) or ability to survive. Nice. I like mine better. Uh, (laughs) But so survivability. Nice of of people. Ryan, you put in there for a philosophical question. What do we think the next mass human kill off will be? And and what will cause it? What will cause it? So, so since you led this one, what were your thoughts? I don't know. I think it's going to be something technology related. That's a good point. That I, I'm not saying like it's going to be like Terminator or anything, but I think almost a little bit like Y2K, mm-hmm. 
something like that where the system just knows enough about itself where it might shut down or I robot, find a way. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a possible, as some say, you know. I, and like you said, I don't know how dramatic it will be as opposed to like it is on Terminator. But, um, you know, the, we don't know what the future is going to hold. And we are growing at such a quick rate where even 20 years could be we don't know what we'll have or what, what can do what and whatnot. We're the, we're the weirdest generation, AJ and I, too, because when we grew up, like, we grew up when, like, email was, like, new. Like, we saw before the big technology boom, we lived during it and while it was being developed. Yep. And now we're also in the aftermath of it. So we know, like, what happened beforehand. Like, before, like and I, we adapt to the current ways, too, you know? I literally remember um, when uh, um, I dated a girl in high school and— when she moved away back to Germany, she, I remember at the time, it must have been 16, 17, I'm 29 now, 16 or 17, I remember thinking, I'll never talk to her again. Like, there's no good way to communicate now. Yeah, like, yeah. just because she's in no way to like, talk. That's it. She's gone for life. That's it. You know, this is, you know, t- so 2005, Five. six, something like that. So I'm at that time, but you're you Ryan, who's nineteen twenty, is never going to. You, you wouldn't think that for a heartbeat. Like, well, you have Facebook, Instagram, email, text yeah. message, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, and a million different ways to communicate with someone outside of the You can video chat every day. It's, it's kind of funny you brought that up too, because a couple of days ago I was going through my emails from the first email I had, and I scrolled all the way to the bottom, and that's how we were talking, me and my friends. I didn't even remember that. Like, if I had thought about it, then maybe I would have remembered it, mm-hmm. but. That's how we, like, it was, like, in third and fourth grade, we were all emailing each other, because that's how we talked. No one had cell phones right. like that. Like, kids didn't have phones. I remember I remember getting my first cell, cell phone as my mom's, but I always took it. <laughs> I was, like, 16, and it was, like, a big deal to get the phone to oh, take yeah. with me, and it had that snake game on it. It was one of the blue Nokias, but I, it's, I like... That one. And then my dad thought he was so cool because he got the ones where you could walkie-talkie with someone <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Remember those ones, too? Oh, yeah. It was, like, the loudest the thing ones. ever. He, yeah, I remember yeah. I remember sitting in the living room, and he just got back from South Dakota, and he's like, when I was there, I clicked that thing. It was I was talking to your uncle, who's in Michigan, like it was like we were in the next room. You know, <laughs> it was like right. a big deal, yeah. you know? And uh, uh, But now we've seen it on the other side. It's kind of an interesting shoot-off. But that being said, I think that gives uh, us specifically our 25 to 35-year-olds that are in existence right now a yep. unique perspective of of those things because we just lived a, I literally lived in a point where that none of that existed like video games were just starting you know Super Nintendo and stuff like that like we lived something that nobody else did it's very interesting and we saw the other side and we understand both but we're the only ones that could possibly understand both because we're the only ones that live both it's true very cool and a little span to fit in to, to tie back to uh, the the question what what was the last one would you say would you think that'd be like the Holocaust or something the net, hmm. I mean, that's like two million people. The yeah, Holocaust, well, yeah, well, yeah, wasn't it? Well, it's, I, a, it's I, six I million. No, Is it six? I have no idea counting. Yeah, okay. I have no many. I guess I they're. No um, I guessed. I'll admit it. In eighth grade, we went to the Holocaust Museum, the one that's down the road from here, mm-hmm. and they said that they're still digging up bodies. They thought the number was at six million, but Horrendous. it's they're still digging up ones they didn't even know about. I, I don't see anything like that 
coming. I, and, and there's always like a every five years there's like this disease scare. Um, what was that one? Zika. You know, they thought yep. that they thought once that gets into the U.S., it's going to wipe everyone out, and, and it doesn't, and it hasn't. And Ebola. Ebola. Yep, that was the other one. If I had, to, um, yeah. But I, I don't know what it will be. I don't know if it's going to be something like disease related or like a sickness, like a plague or a, like a bubonic plague or something like that, or TB. But we're so we're so far advanced from that, where those things don't really seem like they'll happen. So it's either going to be like an asteroid, like an Armageddon, or um, maybe something like what you said with uh, technology. I think I know exactly what it's going to be, and it's the scariest of all of them. And it's the only one that would make practical sense that would be highly effective. You go right back to your map, look at the waterways. Now, if you look at our groundwater, what sits underneath us, mm-hmm. If anyone got something into our groundwater, it would spread so quickly, oh, so yeah. effectively. And I don't even think it has to be something um, terrorist-driven. It could be um, like the, whether I'm not going to get into the whole global warming thing even for a second, but like, like a nuclear power plant. If something something got into our groundwater, it messed us up pretty good and pretty fast because that would connect to everywhere fast. People don't realize like you're walking around on all your water. That's true, right? So water settles underneath us at all times and the groundwater is what feeds into all the springs all the rivers all the every all drains everything (laughs) that's what we consume like people forget like they think they dump their nail polish down the sink and it doesn't matter but like you're putting that into the system so i would think from mass stupidity uh terrorists or um just uh bad luck like a new virus got released on accident and you know it got into the water and that would because the other thing is so every option you're choosing? No, any of those things could get into the water. That's not every option. That's literally I'm saying. Oh, that's I see. The water I see what you're option. saying. Any I thought, you're, I thought could... you're saying the next kill off will be from this. this no, and no, this. no, no, like, no. That's everything. It is everything. That's the point. Is I think it'll be through the water if it was going to happen. I hope. That's to, a good one. I, I hope never thought about that. But in the, Bi- that, that in the Bible, th- when it talks about the end of days, though, it, um, there's a lot of mass famines, and uh, um, there's uh, problems with food and water and stuff like that. So the, that would lead me to believe that that is something that's talked about in the Bible, so that's probably going to be the case. That's probably what the people caught in the Dust Bowl were, thought were happening. <laughs> what Dust yeah. Bowl? No food. The yeah. Dust Bowl that happened out west. I, oh, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. about that yeah, yeah. in history class. You, didn't, you guys didn't learn about that? I did. No. I, oh, did. I did. distinctly remember it. Yeah. yeah. They probably thought something like that was going on when all, all the fields start drying up and can't get water, can't nope. get food. Be pretty careful. Can't terrifying. walk outside because there's so much dust flying around you i i the water thing creeps me out because like i can solve almost any problem like survivability but like when you (laughs) when you i'm gonna keep using it but when you don't know i just i look for ways to use it now (laughs) when you're not a hundred percent sure if like where you can get water from and like that starts to get Pretty pretty creepy fast. It's usually like, the you, first. You need first, you need it. The first source you need. Yeah. The, the one that freaks me out is the volcano. It's not a volcano, but the Yellowstone National Park erupting. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Have you heard? You've heard yeah. about that? That girl's overdue too. Yeah. A lot when, of things. They are. say when that one erupts, that it, the world's over. Yeah. Like it's just everything's gonna be dead because it's gonna throw so much ash up into the air. It can't grow food. That would explain the mass famines too. So that one almost makes. Yeah. I always tie it back to the Bible and the, what it says is going to happen. That would make sense. That was well. Suck. That's the end of days. That doesn't necessarily mean we'll have another mass kill off before then. No, I agree. You assume they're but, tied, though. Yeah, yeah. You could. You could. 
When we come back, we're going to be talking about a few different things. One, a lady got mauled by a jaguar um, because she got too close to it at a zoo trying to take a <laughs> selfie. Um, there was a lynx captured in Michigan on a story that we covered previously, so that's pretty interesting. And you get to see Ryan eat a fish. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're a hunter, and because you hunt, you're the world's greatest conservationist. You're a hunter-vationist. You do more for wildlife and conservation than anyone. The Sportsman Alliance protects hunters from the animal rights movement. When the Sportsman Alliance gets involved in court cases or legislation, hunters win. Conservation wins. Become a hunter-vationist today and join the Sportsman Alliance like we did to help protect your rights against the animal rights movement. Shot Outfitters in Port Hope, Michigan is the destination for whitetail deer, crow, waterfowl, rabbit, predator, and turkey hunts. We have cabins, over 30,000 non-fenced acres, and a passion for delivering fair chase hunts to you and your family. Reserve your hunt at HotShotOutfitters.com today. your mind gets right when your hands are busy you can't point fingers and complain that life isn't fair when your hands are busy you're serving your family your friends and your community when your hands are busy you show everyone what you're capable of the all-new ram 1500 motor trends 2019 truck of the year Hello and welcome back to the Greenway Outdoors podcast. Ryan went pee pee, so he's not here yet. But, <laughs> but that being said, when we were on the break, I took the time to Google a word called survivability. And not only did I find it, I found that I was using it correctly. Survivability is the ability to remain alive or continue to exist. The term has more specific meaning in certain contexts. And let's face it, I used it in certain contexts. There you go. <laughs> Man, that sucks to suck, huh, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. Anyhow, we're going to go into our... I guess <laughs> before great. we are over with this, <laughs> I'd like to make it known that I use my words correctly most of the time. Most of the time, it's just the opposite, and I think that's why you're so excited about this one. I don't think that's the case. I, I think, think that I'm is the case. I wish Jeff was here. I, I wish Jeff was I'm here. I'm not. I hope he never comes back. He would be on my side. <laughs> <He's in a> ditch. <laughs> I hope he's in a ditch. <laughs> Social media comment of the week. This is this comes from a guy, and if you look up his YouTube channel, it's literally just the letter M. But it was on our video about Steve Ranella on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, basically what we did was we talked about uh, the fact that he was attacked, um, un- unjustly attacked uh, by the right for uh, partnering with somebody who happened to be liberal that invested in his company, even though he remained... You know, he retained production control and did a great job doing that. And M said to us, you guys nailed it. Thank you. I read the article, and it was all wrong. Steve will never change the show, and the podcasts are only getting better. 
So I don't know whether he's talking about Steve's podcast or ours, but I think he's talking about ours because I went to his page and he had like all his uh, liked videos and they were all our podcasts. Oh, nice. So that was pretty cool to see. So M, wherever you are, hopefully you're hearing this one. Thank you so much for that comment. We agree with you on Steve. And uh, I think that's a, a pretty great point. I thought you were doing the other dude. No, 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 no. Oh, I, yeah, I, 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 went, I went with them. The other dude. We get, we, get, we get the good and the bad. I went with the good this week. So, um, Fair enough. Tip of the week, don't assume animals are not animals. So this is pretty – it's not funny. It's kind of sad, but it's also no, kind of funny. It's, it's funny. It's funny. It's like when people natural selection jumps ahead into the present day and people have to be faced with natural selection right Some now. Some don't think it's a real thing. It baffles me. I know. So what happened was this lady – was at the zoo and she wanted to get a selfie and there was a jaguar literally a jaguar like pick something else lady too a black jaguar pick a cockatiel I, mean, I, come on. I know uh that's the jaguar actually that was pressed up against the Jeez. cage and he was like near the cage so she climbed over the cement barrier uh which and then got up no he was still in a cage so she was thinking she was good oh okay but she wasn't so she got real close to him to take a selfie and he grabbed her and he messed up her arm good, and we've got Did a pic- we've got a picture of the arm too. Here. Oh, awesome. do you actually? Even yeah. better. Well, kind of. You see it, like oh, you see where. Yeah, but that's you're looking at that's, like uh, yeah that's, yeah. You know that's like meat though. That's, that's fat. You can meat. see the fat. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyhow, he wow. he got a hold of her, and then there was a whole thing about whether or not they should put the jaguar down, and it was like, well, hold on a second. The jaguar did. Exactly what everyone thought he would do. If he wasn't going to do that, there wouldn't be a why barrier. Have the, why have the barrier in the cages? Why not just let them walk around and we'll all pet the jaguar? Yeah. Because they're wild animals. People have this fascination with the fact that all animals, and I won't go into hunting and fishing stuff because we do that all the time, and our next talk will probably lead us there anyways. But people have like this fascination and this make believe feeling about bears specifically, bears always, mm-hmm. that they're just this cuddly, teddy bear thing that's just lovable and sweet and then they see like the, the those stupid um the dodo it's literally called dodo um yeah. the, the, they do those articles and like oh this lion just loves this person and yeah. this and that and they're cuddling with them and then everyone has this make-believe concept that all these animals are just cuddly and sweet and they won't rip you apart this one was still Willingly. inside a cage and did anything he could to get a hold of her and i'm not surprised for a second it's. I mean, it's. I, I just don't understand what leads to people thinking that animals aren't wild animals. I would probably, if I was gonna jump over a barrier like she did, I would probably do it with like a bear or something before I would do it to a large cat. Because cats, they kill just because they can, not because they <laughs> want, like have to. A bear would be like, kind of like, what are you doing? That's what, like, okay, what you're just doing that. That's what you do. And what, but, pa- what part of the animal looks? welcoming (laughs) (laughs) what if it's like that's the thing too is when uh, um, we're talking about it and going through it when you think about that and you're like okay let's go through like house animals and house cats it's like there's not a ton of house cats out there that would care if you died (laughs) you know what I mean like like they're not I, but a dog, like I think a dog would, like it's different. So if I was like, dogs, no. different animal. If you had a, if you had a pet, a wolf, or a cougar, I would definitely go with the wolf. I would definitely go with the wolf too. <laughs> and that's it's not to say the wolf decision. isn't more. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not to say that the wolf wouldn't kill you. I'm just saying like he's more canine-like, so maybe he's 
I don't yeah. know. And plus, I would ra- I would rather be killed by a dog over a cat because the cat they want to play with it that's before. True. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. It. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I, they're nuts. Yeah, like they kill a mouse, they play with it for. Yeah, they'll a long... bite it, let it, rip it open a little bit. Yeah. It'll try to squirm away. They'll draw it back in. Ugh. I don't know what happened with that story, but I really hope they didn't kill the animal. They didn't. Uh, so they didn't. So that was the the end result was they're like the zoo staff. They they put it into its own solitary confinement, I guess, away from the people, so no one can even see him right now. But they're not going to kill him because they determined that he was technically provoked. Yeah, yeah I mean, he like, was. I feel like it's null and void if you cross that fence. Now, had he done it like, you know, in a in a way where she was where she was supposed to be, then yeah. To her credit, she did an article afterwards with the news, obviously, because you got your fifty seconds of fame now. Oh, what uh, she said. <laughs> um, she said that. The barrier should have been harder to cross. Oh, she's blaming it on the zoo. Wow. Uh, easy. Yes and no. She said the barrier shouldn't have been that easy to cross, but I take full responsibility for what oh, I did okay. because I should have known not to cross them in general. And that, Oh. she said, but I'm not the first, a great and area. I definitely won't be the last, so they need to make bigger barriers and move people away the from the The barriers are so tall, like you have to be above a certain height to go in zoos, so you can, like, look <laughs> over the blocks. And, and it, was, it looked like it was only about a waist-high barrier. But it was a cement barrier that separated you by, you know, 15 or 20 feet to the cage. And then you just stay away from the cage, stupid. (laughs) Like, like, But she went over it and took a selfie and got mauled. And then so she said that she hopes that they don't put it down either and they determine not to. Okay. Okay. I wonder how she feels knowing that. It doesn't always go that way. She's like dumb and everyone knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like to know the whole country is just talking about her like, why are you so stupid? You were just so dumb. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you, you do something stupid and you get away with it, and you just hope that that happens to you. Because, I mean, I think we've all been guilty of that, but we always we haven't gotten mauled by a jaguar. Yeah. So. yeah, you could see there might have been 15 people that did that before she got ripped yeah. open. I think uh, if someone gets attacked, like in the situation she kind of did, where there's no way the animal was going to kill her, probably. It, it would have held it on to could. her for a while. Well, the way the cage looked. Okay, yeah. There's no way she that cat was going to be able to paw to rip her guts open or something and mm-hmm. or like get out around her neck it was a big fence yeah um but she's lucky she only lost her arm i don't <laughs> if the human gets out of it fine i don't think that the animal should ever be put down for it didn't something happen with a bear or something like that that there was i think harambe, we covered it harambe. Uh, it was yeah, in one harambe. of the first what happened well i don't even harambe was such a big story but now i don't remember what it was kid fell in to the exhibit like oh. fell down. You know how they it they go, got those steep drop ones. The trenches, yeah. it's like twenty foot deep or something like that. Yeah, the male gorilla went in there and just started flinging them back and forth like nuts. Oh, I remember now. Yeah, like drug them around and stuff like that, yeah. and then they shot them, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. And then people were real mad about That's that. That's a different situation though. Because you got to protect a human. Yeah. Why did that? But it's a kid too. Yeah. Wasn't it like a toddler? It, yeah. yeah, he was very young. But I think in that situation it's okay because you got to protect the human. But if the human is if it's like that, where the human gets out of it, or there's pot- very, it's high potential that the human's gonna live. I don't think the animal should be killed for doing what it does. What is it? That's yeah, it's, it's not existence. a dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, so our tip of the week: don't assume animals aren't animals. Respect nature. She'll <laughs> kill you. She'll not laugh you out. about it. Oh, you can't say she. Why? You can't. You, you got to use. Uh, oh, uh, cause Z. Yeah, fee fi fo fum. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. The gender specific. I see. That's yeah, right. you got to say. Um, I don't know. Um, Just it. being nature. Yeah. Uh, instead of mother, because mother is uh, female, and that's just not okay. So, learn something new. 
this is the next story is actually pretty interesting and it, it's way different than the last topic but somewhat has similarities so we went to miami and we did an episode on um peacock bass which will actually be airing next week on our tv show so um that's pretty cool but we also were going Fun episode we were also going to do an episode on iguanas we did the python one there too while we were there we we're going to do an iguana hunting episode and at the time, it's like, okay, iguana hunting. And when you say that from, like, a topical standpoint, it sounds like no big thing. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, all right, you're hunting them like anything else. Like, well, first thing people always ask, well, are you going to eat them? And say, so, yes. Down there, they call them bamboo chicken, and everybody eats them. So it's it's a it's a culture thing. In different countries, they're, like, a heavily sought after. They're a big food source because they reproduce fast. Their meat tastes good. Um, so people are eating them like crazy. So I was like, all right, well, we should do an episode on that because what hunting show have you ever seen? We even talked about it on, on air. What what TV show have you ever mm-hmm. seen covered in an iguana hunting episode? And <clears throat> you're not supposed to hunt them with – there's all kinds of rules and regulations on how to hunt them. But essentially, there's no bag limits. And it's like there's rules and regulations like you can't use a gun and all these different things in certain areas and different counties. And then it broke down to county. And Jeffrey spent an insane amount of time trying to research this. Where it was like, at first, everyone was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. But then, like, then you couldn't in this town. But then you could in that town. And it was really difficult to, like, navigate the waters. Well, where we were peacock bass fishing, the rules were pretty much do whatever you want. Now, there, a lot of people poison them. I was going to say, yeah, we learned that. And they poison them because there's so many of them. I don't really know how destructive they are, but there's so many of them that they poison there's them. There's a lot. Yeah, there's just millions of them everywhere. So these people just don't want them there. So they'll poison them, and they'll people hunt them, and they'll pay hunters to come in and kill them and everything like that. And then you start to get to that mindset. So that's like what our feeling is going in. And the most common way to do it is people would actually catch them with fishing poles and then kill them with, uh, you know, whether it be a knife, whether it be a, a air rifle. Whatever it might be, that's that's what they would do. And it's like hearing all that, it sounds, okay, pretty simple. But there's like some hunts that like, I, I shouldn't even say some hunts. This hunt specifically sometimes just feels like really uncomfortably weird. Like this is, this is not a normal, mm-hmm. this is weird. And I was trying to get to like the philosophy of why it's weird. Now this video that we're about to show you is really cool. Because it's crazy and it's it chaos wild. and it's, it's like, like an exclusive. It, it, it is yeah. an exclusive. This will not be in the show itself. But this is what happens when you're fishing for peacock bass and an iguana grabs your bait, runs on shore with it, and then this is what ensues. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you gotta film this like a normal thing. So we had an iguana take the bait, and he's taking it hard. Oh my gosh! Is that a good fight? Yeah, it's a. I think I. There's a dinosaur coming at me though. What? We have to euthanize it quick. I've never seen this before. Do you think then that's a good idea? Yeah, why not? I don't know what's a good idea. I mean, this wasn't a good idea. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you did. So you see him right there. He actually climbed up the net when we got him. And I like Drew when he said that. I was like, do you think it's a good idea to net him? He goes, I don't think any of this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Drew was a hired iguana hunter, by the way, too. That's right. He did. I forgot about that. He yeah, did he did say. that yeah, for a Someone while. paid him 500 hours a month to come to our house and kill at least 100 a week. Yeah. Because there was that many. 
Yeah. It's insane. So there's a ton of iguanas running around. People want to get rid of them. I don't think any of this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So you get this thing in the boat, and then it's like, now you like have it, you caught it, and you have to kill it. Now, it's nothing for someone to go out and catch a big tuna on a boat, pull it into the boat, kill it right away. You know, whether they, they use those big gaff things, they might use it in the head or whatever to kill it real fast so it's not flapping around and knocking everyone senseless. That's no big thing because nobody cares about fish, and that still baffles me. But when it comes to, like, an iguana and you, like, pull that thing into the boat, and I immediately was, like, looking eye to eye with this sucker. It's I like, know. It makes eye contact yeah, with you. Yeah, I know. And it's like, well, now we got to kill it. And uh, uh, we, ended, we ended up doing that and quickly and painless and everything like that. But the idea is we determined based on the experience that, like, we can't we can't make an episode out of this because there's no way that people won't have a problem with that and it'd be really hard to edit it in a way that would make people feel cozy with it. Yeah. And that's strange. And you have to get like five of them to make it because worthwhile. No, you know, people care about hunting. People don't like hunting, right? But people get people that don't like hunting, there's a group of 10%, maybe 20% that hate all hunting and everything's bad. And if you kill a squirrel, I hate you just as much as if you kill a fish, as much as I hate you if you kill a bear. That's it's about a 20% group, I'd say. I agree. The other 80% only gets upset about like lions, mm-hmm. bears, elephants. elephants, and just certain critters tick with, them off. But they with, got. With some reason. But they like understand why people shoot a deer or they, they like get. They're not going to go on the battlefront. They don't like it. But they're not going to go on the battlefront of that day in and day out that you're deer hunting. Mm-hmm. But they will. It'll go viral if you go on a lion hunt. So it's like that the lion hunt, you got to stay away from them. You know what I mean? And then in some countries, they're eating monkeys, and it's like they would go bonkers for that. Yep. And we determined that the iguana episode, which was a surprise to us, would fall under the 20% mark based on based on the, the variables of the experience. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, well— why? Number one, you're catching it just like you would a fish. You're killing it fast, probably faster than you would if you were bow hunting uh, for a deer. Yeah, probably. For the most part, as long as you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, you're putting them out. You're not. They're not suffering. You're catching them like you like you saw. It's like catching a fish. <laughs> this monster dinosaur crawling up the boat. I was like, ooh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it runs at you. It decides it doesn't want to be around you and tries to run away. And then once it gets close enough, it decides it wants to come after yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right, guy. It was yeah. like when you saw when I, when I pulled him in the water, it was like he scaled that he like, so quick. He pulled it. He pulled away fast. And then there was when he went in the water because he's the one that climbed back up on shore. When he went in water again, it was on his terms. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll do this. Like, all right, well, <laughs> let, you ready? Yeah, here we go. And then and I was like, I I changed my mind. You know what I mean? Pretty mm-hmm. quick. But um, the idea is trying to understand why there's that 20% mark and like why were we all in the boat at the time agreeing that it fell under there none of us had a second thought we're like yeah we can't do a show on this now we ate the meat we killed it fast we didn't we were law abiding yeah it's technically not every single thing we did from a morality standpoint of the legal system was intact the morality system of killing something to eat it without it suffering was intact and the the excitement of a hunt and stuff was definitely there. So why were we all like, can't show it? It's just weird. Weird and <laughs> I think, unusual. I think that feeling you felt when you were catching it, I think that's why. 
Like I think that you would that would resonate with that with all viewers. Like there's too much feeling going on, and I I think the reason why I felt that way is exactly what Ryan said. It was weird. Mm-hmm. It's it's uncommon. So I was thinking, and, like, and maybe maybe the backyard, maybe the environment was played played the, part of that. The environment know? was weird. Peacock bass That's fishing. That's true. Were, Peacock bass fishing, they do it in the canals in Miami, and you're surrounded by houses. Like dogs were barking at us, and like it was like being in a backyard, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, we did. We I were literally if, in backyard. I think if we were in like the jungle area and saw, it, I think it would feel less. That, that, that's a good point. That that's is a, a very good a, point. I never thought about that because if you're deer hunting and you shoot it over a uh, you know a feeder in somebody's backyard, that does not feel like hunting, and no. I wouldn't want to do it. I would feel real weird about it. Mm-hmm. That is that's depending a, on how empty my freezer was. <laughs> that, that's a very good point. I don't, I don't think if we were like down where we were at, at with if, if, if we're like, like with an actual jungle, I think you you wouldn't think twice about it. That's totally true. That is a AJ. That was like I think that that was not what. That's I, the smartest thing you've ever said. That's the smartest thing. Um, I don't care what Ryan says. You're staying. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I needed to give some Jeffrey comedy relief, but the uh, yeah, the I, that's totally true. Because if we were with like a native culture and they like brought in that iguana into the boat and they were like Funk, and chopped mm-hmm. his head right off and they're like tonight we eat, yep. I'd be like tonight we eat. <laughs> but the fact that like it felt like. If somebody saw it in their backyard while we're doing it, it might feel a little, yeah. know, a little weirdish. And, and they could even be like for it too, but just the domestic feeling of it might have some. You know. That's that was a very true point. I My, never even thought of that. The take that I took from it when I when I really thought about it was, I think that people are real comfortable with what they eat on a day to day basis. So that's the people in the twenty percent group, the eighty percent group, and people that hunt. They're real cozy with the fact that. You know, they're eating, because the first question that you get from a non-hunter especially is, or even a hunter, is when you're like, oh, I'm going goose hunting. They're like, you eat goose? I'm like, well, yeah, it's great. <laughs> you know, you don't remember the Christmas goose from, you know, um, yep. the Christmas story? And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess so. And then, that like, you give them, I tell them that almost as, like, a guaranteed way of connecting with them that it's a standard normal practice mm-hmm. so that there shouldn't be any weird feelings about it. Yeah. And I guess I never thought about that until now. But then... Because I use it as a, yeah, haven't you seen, I mean, I go to that every time I talk about goose hunting. Because Lily's favorite food, my niece's favorite food is goose. So, because that's all she knows. She doesn't know that other people will think it's strange yet. She's six years old, and she knows I like it, so she thinks it's cool, and she likes it because she gave it an honest try. So, it, it's a normal thing in our house, so it was acceptable for that for to be her favorite. You know, and um, when you look at people are being real comfortable with what they eat, if you go outside of what they think would be acceptable to eat, it's almost looked at like a commodity that you would want to eat it. So like the iguana is like, well, you don't need to eat that. You could just eat fish or deer mm-hmm. or something normal that you hunt for. You don't need to eat an iguana. They, it's like because it's not normal or in their constant, their normal food groups, suddenly that there's a judgment passed that you're doing it for fun as opposed to food, and they're attacking that philosophy as opposed to the actual thing. And I don't know, I don't, I think AJ's reasoning is why I felt weird. But the reason why I think the 20 and 80% group is because of the uh, the example that I just gave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That it's, that it's, it's more along the lines of that's a commodity meat that you don't need to be eaten and you're going after it because you specifically want to just kill something. And you don't actually have to, whereas you could just eat normal food, and then that would be more acceptable to me because right. I don't I, like it. That, that, <laughs> I think that's any anti-hunter's 
argument too is that you don't need to do that with the food that we have today. Just go to the grocery store and get it. They don't kill them there. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's what they. I think that's what they believe. I, I think I'm perfectly okay with you disagreeing with. Like I talked Alex's aunt. Mm-hmm. I was talking to her about it, and she doesn't. She's kind of ant. She doesn't like hunting. She doesn't Didn't like. Didn't you say she kind of supports the show though? She's pretty cool about that. Yeah, no, she she's supportive of it and everything, but she she doesn't like really the idea of hunting. She doesn't like seeing that kind of stuff, but or like, in like killing things, I'm yeah. like, okay, well, do you eat meat? And she said, no, not really. I don't really eat any meat. I'm like, okay, well then that's fair. I got no argument with her then. Right. You, I have no. You don't eat meat. You you don't participate in the. The killing of animals. But if you eat meat, but you're also anti-hunting, you're completely off base. Yep. Right. Because you're also killing those animals. You're just paying more for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, although that brings you to my other joke that I always make is no one pays more for meat uh, than a hunter because the ammo, the camel, the food. Depending on travel. How you decide to do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, In Michigan, uh, we covered a story a few podcasts ago that there was actually a lynx spotted in Michigan, and that's what they thought it was. Well, apparently that lynx, the likely same one, has been wreaking havoc, and he was actually killing a bunch of uh, domestic geese and ducks that a farmer had. And uh, um, it wasn't; it was in the thumb area, the thumb of Michigan. That's how we describe it yeah. here for those of you who don't Hold know. Up our hand. Uh, yeah. Oh, backwards. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. But anyhow, uh, in the thumb area, um, we haven't had a lynx in the Lower Peninsula um, spotted in over a hundred years. So that's that's a it's a really unique thing that we thought we saw one on a camera. Where is their natural habitat? Uh, this is a Canadian lynx. Okay, a Canada lynx. So they are in Canada. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to say he's made it made a long ways. Well, that's the, so. Here's the thing. So I did some research on it because you and I we got pretty emotional about it earlier when we found out he was going to the zoo. But anyhow, um, so this the guy. This lynx kept killing all of his geese and ducks, so they had a trapper come out and fasted up a trap that wouldn't hurt the lynx, and they were able to trap it and catch it. So then they took it to a place in Howell, Michigan, where they uh, took it there as like a nature center. They take it there, and they were giving it round-the-clock care and everything like that to keep it good because they wanted to run tests on it to see if it was a native species, uh, was it somebody's pet that they had that they released was it he looks adorable there he looks like a house cat there but he will he's he'll mess you yeah, up yeah he, but they're tough cats man those, those feet man and so yeah they got big old paws i like lynx because it always looks like their feet their legs like are not the right length they walk <laughs> real awkward like like yeah. uh, um when well, their feet are so big for walking in the snow yeah but anyhow they uh um <laughs> he's eating all the geese and ducks which is it just makes them look kind of cute <laughs> but uh and the fact that he's like eating all those goose and ducks but they, so they were transferring him to the Detroit Zoo. And at first, my first inclination was like, well, why are they doing that? Like, are they going to put him on display there and stuff like that? It's not the case, actually. Oh, okay. The reason why they're sending him to the zoo is because they needed him in a better environment to run tests to see, again, is he native here? What is his, you know, what are, they're going to do a ton of studies on him. So we'll do a follow-up on this in probably a, a week or two as well. They're doing a bunch of studies. They want to know, is he actually a wild cat? That was in Michigan, or is he just somebody's ho- uh, pet that they raised illegally and let him go? Was That's he, crazy. you know, what was it? Because they haven't been here in 100 years, so why is he here? Yeah. Um, and, and, and if he's from. And the thumb is mostly a farm environment where um, 
the, the, it, it's they like thick cover and trees and stuff like that. So the, it isn't even really the ideal environment for them. Although I guess anywhere you can get free duck and goose meat, you're good to go. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's not an ideal environment either. So it would be weird that he would be there in the first place. So there's a lot of things surrounding the story that have them wondering what's going yeah. on. But it's super interesting. And if you you look at the ge- geography of Michigan, he. If he's from Canada, he is a long, long ways away from Canada. Sure, sure. For an animal to walk. Right. You can, like, hitchhike, and it always fascinates yeah. me. I don't know how they are able to hold up that thumb. But if they got one, and he's not—that's <laughs> awesome. If he got one—I <laughs> picture a cat, like, hey, y'all, um, I won't bite. Um, don't trust him. But if if he is a wild cat, there's got to be more, right? It's like the Sasquatch theory, where if there's one, there's got to be more than yeah. one. Yep. So if he they, is wild, it's that. that just fascinates me in the sense that there might be Big more foot? of these cats running around. No. Lynx. <laughs> no, the real thing, the lynx. Now, That's up for another debate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, show me a picture. The, um, but anyhow, a, a non-blurry picture. Um, but anyhow, the, uh, the Snapchat video of the week is actually not a Snapchat video. It was footage uh, behind the scenes. We were editing Peacock Fast, and that's when we stumbled across the... Uh, the iguana footage and also this footage. Uh, on a lot of trips, we always—I mean, we're kids. And the whole time we're on the uh, on trips, all we do is laugh. Like we have the best time traveling awesome. and cracking up. And even like I said, this weekend uh, up at uh, up at Ray's for St. Patrick's Day, and we went out after, and we've just, we had some we good just, material. We did. We oh, laugh yeah. all the time. Literally, it was like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. We we're going to bed on Saturday night, and I <laughs> literally. My throat hurt so bad from laughing so hard. We were in the big bunkhouse, so there's like a bunch of beds in one room. And I fell asleep to hearing AJ go, Laughing. <laughs> 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 still, still laughing hours later at it. But this video here is actually of Ryan taking a bite out of a bait fish. So you're going to want to watch this and stick around. After that, we'll be doing our credits. Uh, go to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. We post a video podcast every single week through New Radio Media. If you miss it on the mobile app uh, through New Radio Media then you can see it on our YouTube page. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or the uh, all the other things you kids are doing nowadays, then go to our YouTube page. Watch it there, and you can actually see this, including videos like this one. Thanks so much for tuning in, and stay green. Okay. You get to keep your job if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bend move My, my offer still stands. You know what? I'll give you five bucks. Five bucks? That's my final offer. I'll kick in the other five. Major, are you recording? I'll kick in the other five. Yeah, there it is. Okay, for ten bucks, shake on it. Everyone's got a shake on it. I, I, no, I'm but not that good juicy one. Good little one. I spent twenty-two <laughs> on pizza last night. You think I won't do this? Not that juicy <laughs> one. Not that juicy. Not this juicy one. Mm-hmm. Not this juicy there's one. not a lot of big ones. I get that there's not, but I I feel like the big juicy one. <laughs> I feel like we're getting more value out of that. Oh fish. man, but seriously, you shouldn't do it, bro. You probably get sick. Okay, here's a small one. It's worth 10 bucks. You heard? What? You'll you probably, said it. What do you said? It. You'll probably get sick, bro. Really? Yeah. You can spit it out, but it's got to be in your mouth for three seconds. That's there you go. Uh, okay. You got to swish it around. <laughs> <laughs> this, guy's, this guy's a wild card. Ready, AJ? Okay. This is our creative producer, Ryan. Ryan, if you eat the head off that minnow and it's in your head for three seconds, I'll let you keep your job and give you 10 bucks. All right. Ready? Right? Yeah, I've been waiting. <laughs> Do it. Do it, okay. Do it, do it. Oh, he did it. One, one, two, three. <laughs> he spit it in my mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> Was it gross? Wasn't too bad. 
No? It tasted like if you bit your lip. And it, like, it was bloody. If you do it with a peacock bass, I'll give you another 17 With the head bucks. off a peacock <laughs> 17 bucks. Look at that. Good job, buddy. Oh, yeah. my God. How are you?